Welcome back to Sheck Sports, guys. Before we do anything else, Brandon's going to talk a lot about more United. I just wanted to say congratulations to the Los Angeles Lakers for winning the championship. Um, it was really a pivotal year for them. I think it was great that they not only won it, but what it means to the state of California with the wildfires and COVID, and obviously Kobe Bryant, rest in peace. I think that, you know, they, LeBron probably said, you know, we're winning this for Kobe no matter what. And if anyone hasn't seen the game that they wanted to seal the title, look it up. It was one of the most impressive defensive, you know, games in NBA championship history. I think the first half they were up by like 30 points. But now we're back on the air talking soccer or football, I should say. Brandon, I want to give it to you. And 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 I, I know you want to talk more about United. Whatever you want to say, my friend, and let me know when you want to move on. But let's hear what you have to, you want to tell the, the listeners. Oh, for sure. And just, again, to kind of reiterate, congratulations to the Lakers. That was yeah. incredible. Yeah. I think they, they played their hearts out. I mean, mm-hmm. having the Lakers win the championship was very reminiscent of the Ravens winning the Super Bowl for Ed Reed. Yeah. Um, that was amazing. LeBron now four titles in total his career. I mean, he's firmly in that conversation of him versus Jordan. That's a whole different podcast that we can have. (laughs) Um, definitely. But yeah, with, with Manchester United, I was thinking literally about this during the break and it's kind of a perfect storm for us to lose this weekend. And I hate to think that, and I hate to admit it, but if you look at what's going on, we are a mess all over the board. We have our new signing, our marquee guy, Edinson Cavani, coming in as a free agent, was at PSG, and he had tested positive for COVID and is now required to do a quarantine as he came into England. So he's going to, he's going to miss this game. So we're without Anthony Martial because he's suspended for three games for that ridiculous slap on Eric Lamella. So we're without a striker up top, which means we're going to have to put in either Mason Greenwood or Daniel James or somebody. We're going to have to do something with a formation, but we don't know exactly what it's going to look like. I also think every time that Newcastle comes to play us, since they've been managed by Steve Bruce, Steve Bruce is a former Manchester United player, as some of you might know, and he was Mm -hmm. great when he played with us, but he's got a huge chip on his shoulder because he hasn't been treated exactly the nicest by United fans and everyone else. People say that he's a poor manager, but he's really gotten a lot out of Newcastle and the the sides that he's chosen to manage in the past few years. So mm-hmm. I think that angle of him trying to get some revenge on a former club, us missing a striker up top, and the fact that we seem to be incapable of dropping Paul Pogba kind mm-hmm. of boggles my mind. Um, I know that Pogba was again, um, diagnosed with COVID or he had Mm -hmm. COVID for a little bit. I think we rushed him back and he has looked like a shadow of his former self over the past few games. And and I don't know why we can't drop him. We have kind of a lack of options, but I'd rather see us push Bruno Fernandez a little bit higher, put McTominay or Matic in that deeper role and let Pogba just take a break. I mean, he played mm-hmm. the international break a few days ago when it was uh, France against Portugal. He didn't do a whole lot there. And I think that we're going to run the risk of either injuring him or he's going to get burned out from playing too much just because we refuse to put him on the bench. And he's not an undroppable player, but there's some things that we really need to kind of shift around and just get a better squad out on the pitch because right now we look like a mess. And especially with the emergence of Callum Wilson what a great move by Newcastle to pick him up as a striker. The guy is phenomenal. And yeah. He's, he's got four goals already in the start of the season, and he's 
Mm -hmm. He likes to score against us. So let's see what happens. Even though it's Newcastle, he might end up scoring, especially if our defense keeps being the way that it is. Although I will be interested to see if Alex Tellez makes a debut. I don't know if he's quite there yet, but if he does start and if he starts over Luke Shaw, that's going to be a big discussion leading into the rest of the season. But I'll get off my soapbox about Manchester United and we can move on. No, no, that was great. I mean, I think that it's it's all valid and it's important to say. I think that Pogba needs a break. Bruno, push him a little harder. Um, yeah, and there's, you know, there's so much to be done. And, and I agree. Maybe if we lose, it's better. Um, there's, you know, at this point, you know, if we lose, I would imagine I would be highly surprised if there's no news about Olgar's future at the club. Um, I think if we lose there's going to be a, a, a thunderstorm of tweets of internal management decisions of players maybe saying, you know, we either change now or I need to go somewhere else or people just, you know, saying, what are, what are we doing right now? So it's going to be interesting to see, but um, yeah, I'm definitely going to keep an eye on that match. Um, two more games I want to highlight. One, um, two clubs that I think are playing well so far. Uh, you have a dirt North London Derby or a London Derby, I should say, because they're not both located in the North of London uh, Spurs and West Ham United this weekend. Spurs haven't lost in eight matches. The head to head right now is Spurs with 10 wins, West Ham with eight and three draws. Um, I like West Ham. I mentioned on the show yesterday with Fonzie. I mean, you have Antonio, um, you have, you know, uh, Cresswell, and then with Spurs, the news of Gareth Bale coming on board, Joe Hart, you know, obviously they have Son Kane. We've always talked about needing a true striker for those guys if there's a lot of pressure. Um, I do see this being a more high-scoring game. And to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe West Ham pulls out a 2-1 win or maybe even a 3-2. I mean, they've shown they can score goals. Uh, what's your what's your take on this one? I think for the first time I'm going to have to disagree with you on this one. Ooh, okay. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, that's good. That's part of the, that's part of podcasting and sports. Let's. I want. I, I like it. I think Spurs are hot right now, like really hot. I think Mourinho is finally getting the best out of this squad. He finally got players that he was asking for, and they seem to be playing for him, and they're all excited, and they're kind of on a roll. I mean. Spurs started off shaky, but they've looked really, really good in their past few games. West Ham, before the international break, they beat up on Leicester and beat them 3-0, which I don't think anybody predicted that happening, especially because Leicester is such a solid squad. But they they are still good. You're exactly right. I mean, having um, certain people in their squad, like I really like Lucas Fabianski as their goalkeeper. Cresswell, you mentioned, but... They're really solid, like across the board. Is a Diop mm-hmm. as a defender. Robert Snodgrass, when he plays, is great. If they have people healthy, like Manuel Lanzini, is a great player, and Mikel Antonio is is a stud. So we know that they're capable of beating big teams because we saw it against Leicester. But the rumor was that Gareth Bale is back and healthy and ready to play after the international break. So whether he comes off the bench either after halftime or maybe for the last 20 minutes. We don't know. I think that Spurs, though, especially if Bale is is playing, that Youngman's son and Harry Kane are the partnership of the season so far. They're both playing mm-hmm. out of their minds. Mm-hmm. They've got goals, assists. But they look good defensively, too, and I think that's that's what's scary when you get a team managed by Jose Mourinho because he manages defenders so well. That's his big thing. 
He knows how to structure a defense and make a team very, very rigid and structured and not give up a whole lot of goals. So if all the defenders start getting on board, then they're going to be a scary team because if they let that front three or four, if you include Lucas Mora, then they're going to be really hard to defend against. So I'm expecting big things from Tottenham this match, but this will kind of be the first indication of how they're going to go forward through the rest of the season, especially with Gareth Bale. Where does he fit in? How does it work? But I think Mourinho is like actually starting to look happy. And this is awesome. I, happy Mourinho is scary. It's scary for any league that he's a manager mm-hmm. in because he gets the best out of his teams. So I'm, I'm really excited for this one. Yeah, no, I, I like, I like the argument and I have to say, I do like Spurs. I mean, again, we've talked a lot about them. They, I think the pieces are coming together. Um, it's going to be, again, Mourinho, yes, when he has the, the defense. I mean, they say defense wins championships, and he's proved it. He's won numerous uh, numerous trophies, many trophies. Um, you know, it was so funny. I remember I was like, damn, why didn't I start some this past weekend? Because he, you know, he was injured the previous weekend. Then obviously he played. I think I still got some points, luckily. But I, it's, I agree, you know, with Lucas Mora, um, with Song, with Kane, with Deli Ali, you know, you know, Gareth Bale coming in. I mean, there, I am excited. I really am. And and, and it's going to be good not only for them, but we've said for the league um, to have a strong Spurs side scoring numerous goals, you know, maybe even getting back to the pre-White Hart Lane days when mm-hmm. they would put up these, you know, 9-1 wins, these 5-4 wins, these 4-4 draws. I mean, that really could happen. Um, I'm, I'm not going to say that they're title worthy. I think I want to see a little more what happens, especially with the transition of Gareth Bale, because again, you know, we've said, who knows what the locker room is going to be like. I don't think any arguments will happen, but again, there's always going to be adjustments with your front and middle line. So I'm not going to give Spurs a title yet, but I will say, I mean, this is a year. I think Mourinho is saying, you know, if I finally want to give this club a trophy in the first time, since I think 30 years then this is a possibly a year to do it um, yeah. be, because they, they really have the pieces, they have the stadium, they have the support. And that's the curse. I think we can agree with what Spurs have done is that they haven't come up when they needed it the most with all of their money and their signings. And I'm sure Daniel Levy is saying to Mourinho, you know, if you can give us a title this year and a trophy, you know, you're going to be secure for probably the next five seasons or more. Um, and, and even if clubs offer more money, I don't think Mourinho is going to leave. I, I actually personally think the last point about Spurs, I do think that if Mourinho is successful here, I think that this may be one of his last jobs in soccer. Um, not saying he won't always be a part of the game, but I think if we're talking about a top tier managerial position, I think this is his second to last gig before you know maybe he goes over to ESPN FC and and we'll talk about more about that in other show as well but great point the final game I want to highlight obviously Leicester City against a very a very surprising Aston Villa oh my goodness it's it's phenomenal you know Aston Villa was 4-0 and 1 in their last five games it is early but still to for that club to be in this position is pretty remarkable going up against a Leicester City it's 3-0 and 2 and 5 matches the referee's John Ross it's going to be at Leicester City the head-to-head right now, courtesy of Fote Mode, City with four wins, Villa with three and two draws in their previous meetings recently. Um, what do you think about this game? I really hope it's going to be as exciting as Aston Villa's last game. I mean, mm-hmm. Aston Villa had a really rough time last year, almost got relegated. They stayed up, and boy, am I glad that they did. 
Um, they're in second place right now, which is insane. They're undefeated. They, I started off last weekend very depressed because we got absolutely battered by Tottenham, mm-hmm. and I thought my day was ruined. And then I watched Liverpool play Aston Villa, and I felt a whole lot better. <laughs> because, I mean, who would have thought that Aston Villa could put up seven on Liverpool, especially with the squad that Liverpool has? Aston Villa, I think they learned from their mistakes. Last year, they've made some really smart signings in the summer, especially Ollie Watkins. I mean, that was such a smart move that he looks like he's up for it in the Premier League. Um, Ollie Watkins and Jack Grealish are incredible, and it looks like um, Ross Barkley is also fitting into that squad really well, and he was at the center of almost every attack against Liverpool. So I think those three... Um, are really going to hopefully bring a lot of success to Aston Villa. I'm I'm thinking that they're going to stay up again this year and they're going to do it a lot more comfortably. But the managerial combo of Dean Smith and John Terry seems to be working. John Terry's getting the best out of their defenders. I mean, it's great to learn from uh, a world-class defender as a manager. So uh, Tyrone Mings continues to look really good. Matt Target also looks good. And there's one other player um, for Aston Villa that's kind of been sticking out to me, and that's um, – oh, what's his name? I'm kind of blanking on it right now. Uh, John McGinn. John McGinn, okay, sure. is, John McGinn is also playing really well, and these are nice like homegrown talents that Aston Villa has at their disposal. So I think they're doing things the right way. Um, Leicester, obviously they're going to be looking to bounce back from – that defeat against West Ham, but we'll, we'll see. I mean, you never know, especially the way that this season is gone. It's been really like a roller coaster. You don't know who's going to win on any given day. So even though it makes sense that Leicester get this win, Aston Villa is going to be hopefully riding that high from beating Liverpool. And I'm just expecting a good game. Hopefully it, you know, the goals don't dry up and we see another exciting match. So I honestly don't even know which way that I think this one's going to go, but I'm just, you know, excited for some exciting football. 